ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we were talking about surah al-baqarah last time when we started some of the ayat at the beginning giving some brief explanation regarding their meanings and we mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these opening ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah mentions the three categories of people. One category of people, they are those who believe and have iman inwardly and outwardly. They are the believers, the Muslims. They believe in their hearts and outwardly in their actions they believe and they do their worship. Then there is another group of people who don't believe inwardly or outwardly. And they are the Kuffar, the disbelievers. And then there's a third group of people who don't believe inwardly, but pretend to believe outwardly. So they pray and they do all the other worships, but only just to show the people. They don't actually believe in that inwardly in their hearts. They are the hypocrites. hypocrites. So last time we spoke about one of these categories, and that was those believers who believe on the inside, inwardly, in their hearts, and also outwardly on their actions. Now we're going to speak about the second category of people, and they are the ones, الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِالْقُرْآنِ ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا The ones who disbelieve in the Qur'an, uh, inwardly and outwardly. Those who disbelieve in the Qur'an, inwardly and outwardly. So they don't believe in it, in their hearts, they have no aqeedah, with regards to this religion in their hearts, and neither do they do anything outwardly to practice or implement that. They are the next ayat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentions, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَأَنذَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنذِرْهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ That they are the individuals who have disbelieved, whether you warn them or do not, uh, then it will not make any difference to them, they will not believe. There is a group from amongst them, they disbelieve inwardly and outwardly, whether you warn them or not, then they will not believe. They are the disbelievers. The disbelievers who have no aqidah, no iman, and they don't do any actions. They are upon complete disbelief. And that's what kufr is. When we say kufr and kafir, linguistically it means... Somebody who hides something. That's what the word kafir means. The word kafir in the Arabic language, kufr and kafir, it means to hide something and to conceal something. To hide something away. That's why in Arabic, you're allowed to call a farmer a kafir. Not because he's a disbeliever, he might be a Muslim. But he's a kafir linguistically from the Arabic point of view. Why? Because a farmer, he digs up the earth and he throws the seeds in there and then puts the earth back on top. So he hides the seeds in the ground. When he grows the seeds, you have to dig it up, the earth, and hide them in there and put the soil back on top again. So he is hiding the seeds in the ground for them to grow. So he's hiding something. That's why he's known as a kafir linguistically. Not that he's a, a disbeliever in his heart, that's different. 
But that's also why this kafir, a disbeliever is known as that. Because what is a disbeliever hiding? He's hiding the truth. He's hiding the truth. He's concealing the truth. He's not practicing and implementing tawheed. He's not practicing and implementing this religion of Islam. And instead he's turning a blind eye to it. He's not learning, he's not bothering. He's hiding the truth. And he's not accepting that truth. So as a consequence of hiding this truth and concealing this iman and not accepting it, not practicing it, and uh, preventing himself and prohibiting himself and restricting himself to not practice that iman, that islam, that tawheed, then it's as if he's concealing the truth. So that's why a kafir is known as a kafir. وَالَّذِينَ لَمْ يَدْخُلُوا فِي الْإِيمَانِ وَلَمْ يُجِيبُوا دَاعِيَ اللَّهِ إِنَّمَا سُمُّوا كُفَّارًا لِأَنَّهُمْ سَتَرُوا الْحَقَّ وَأَخْفَوْهُ وَلَمْ يَقْبَلُوا And this is what Shaykh Fawzan Hafizahullah says, those individuals who did not enter into Iman and they did not answer the call of those who called them with the revelation and the truth to Tawheed and to Islam, then they are termed or called kuffar because they concealed the truth and they didn't accept it. They concealed the truth and they didn't accept it. And many of them, they were arrogant. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَجَحَدُوا بِهَا وَاسْتَيْقَنَتْهَا أَنفُسُهُمْ ظُلْمًا And they rejected it, and even though their own selves, they had certainty upon that, with oppression and wrongdoing. Wrongly, wrongly they rejected the truth, even though they knew it was the truth. And this kufr, this disbelief, it can be in different ways. الكفر يكون بالتعطيل وإنكار الخالق جل وعلا ويكون بالشرك مع الله سبحانه وتعالى ويكون بارتكاب ناقد من نواقد الإسلام وهي كثيرة. So kufr can be different ways. It can be through rejecting the Creator, through rejecting who Allah سبحانه وتعالى is. Rejecting that is an act of kufr. Committing shirk, associating partners to Allah, going to the graves and making dua, and doing all types of things there. Shirk in that way is an act of kufr. Also, committing sins uh, that are from the nullifiers of Islam. There are certain types of sins which cancel out the Islam of a person. If you commit those sins, then your Islam is cancelled. Your Islam is then cancelled if you commit certain types of sins, and they are mentioned, Nawaqidul Islam, the nullifiers of Islam. And there are books that are written about those nullifiers of Islam, the certain types of sins that will finish your Islam, or that they have that severe impact upon your Islam in that way. So all of these different types, they can be kufr, and really the meaning of kufr, all of that is, whatever type it is, that you don't have iman. A person who rejects iman, doesn't have iman, then generally speaking, they are the kuffar, as a generic term. Somebody who doesn't have iman, they don't believe in that iman, they don't practice that iman, they don't have that iman in their hearts, they reject that iman, they don't accept that iman, then that is the one who is a kafir. So when Allah said in this ayah now, uh, when Allah said in this ayah, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَيْ أَبَوْ أَنْ يَقْبَلُوا هُدَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى Allah says, That indeed those who disbelieved, the certain individuals who rejected this iman, they rejected this tawheed, they refused to accept this religion and to practice it, then there is nothing that can be done with them. 
sawaan alaihim aw sawaun alaihim a'anzartahum am lam tunzirhum la yu'minun it's the same whether you warn them or you don't warn them once they have decided they're going to reject it they're not going to accept it then after that it makes no difference they're not going to accept لانهم لما عرفوا الحق اول مره ولم يستجيبوا عاقبهم الله بحرمانهم من الايمان فلا يهتدون بعد ذلك ابدا because when they rejected and they refused to accept this da'wah they rejected and they refused to accept tawhid they refused to accept iman then allah punished them by closing them off so even if you try to give them warnings after that they are unable to accept they refuse to accept as a type of punishment upon them for initially having refused and uh, rejected the iman so allah says those individuals now they have been uh, they have been they have been put in a position where they are no longer able to accept this truth they continue to reject that's a type of punishment upon them for rejecting it and not answering to it and accepting it in the first place and that is from the wisdom of Allah. That is from the wisdom of Allah that Allah is aware of the hearts of the creation. And that certain individuals, they will not accept. They refuse and they reject. And Allah is aware of the state of their hearts. And so as a punishment, Allah allows them to continue upon their rejection and their kufr. وَقَوْلُهُ تَعَالَىٰ خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِمْ It then says, Allah says that He has sealed their hearts and their hearing. Allah has sealed their hearts and their hearing. Meaning that Allah has enclosed it and blocked it. So nothing can come in and nothing can come out. Nothing can come into their hearts or come out of their hearts. Nothing can go into their hearing or come out of their hearing. So it's as if their hearts have been blocked off and locked up. So that this truth, even when it comes to them, it doesn't penetrate and go into their hearts. Even when the truth comes to their ears, it's as if their ears have been blocked and they can no longer hear that truth anymore as a punishment for them having rejected it khatama allah ala qulubihim ay aghlaqaha bil khatam aw bil khatam fala yanfudu ilaha an-nur wa la yasilu ilaha al-iman so their hearts they are blocked and they are closed so that this iman and the light can no longer enter their hearts after their rejection and their arrogance and their refusal to accept the iman and that's just like allah mentioned in another ayah wa nuqallibu af'idatahum wa absarahum كَمَا لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهِ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةِ That we alter and change their hearts and their vision and their sight, just as they didn't believe the first time. When it came to them, this guidance, they refused it, they didn't want to accept it, so then as a punishment, their hearts, their hearing, it's blocked and it's closed, and they can no longer see and hear that truth anymore. And so they continue upon their kufr and their disbelief. وَمَا دَامَ اللَّهُ خَتَمَ عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ وَسَدَّ الْمَنَافِضَ الَّتِي تُوصِلُ الْخَيْرَ إِلَيْهَا فَلَا فَائِدَةَ مِنْ دَعْوَتِهِمْ So because Allah has now punished them in this way, they refuse to accept, so Allah blocked their hearing, their understanding, so they can no longer accept the truth now, they're upon their kufr as a, as a punishment for them, then it doesn't make any benefit for them to give them da'wah now. For those individuals, they're upon that kufr and they've gone upon that way. سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنذَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنذِرْهُمْ لَا يؤمنون. وَعَلَىٰ سَمْعِهِمْ So similarly Allah mentions that upon their hearing there is a, an enclosement. On their hearing there is something which is blocking it. So they do not benefit from hearing the truth any further. And this is a punishment from Allah for those individuals who are arrogant and they reject and they refuse to accept iman and the truth. And they refuse to accept al-Islam and tawheed. 
Then as a punishment afterwards, Allah blocks them. Their hearts and their hearing and their hearing and their seeing. And so even if the truth comes to them, it's as if they are blocked from that truth and they no longer practice or implement it. And so they continue upon their disbelief. And so they walk towards the punishment of Allah. Then Allah mentions also, وَعَلَىٰ أَبْصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَةً And upon their eyesight is a covering. There is a covering upon their eyesight. Meaning that they are no longer able to see the truth when it comes. And they are not able to see and witness the great signs of Allah that prove the oneness of Allah and the obligation to obey and worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَفِي هَذَا تَحْذِيرٌ عَنِ الْعِرَاضِ عَنِ الْحَقِّ لِكُلِّ مَنْ سَمِعَهُ Within this then we take a benefit. We understand from this and we benefit from this that when the truth comes to you, when you hear the ayat, when you hear the verses of the Qur'an, you hear the ahadith, the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, commanding you to do something, prohibiting you from doing something else, telling you what's allowed, telling you what's not allowed, then the admonition or the benefit we take from this ayat is that when that knowledge comes to you, you must practice it instantly. When you are aware that this is halal, then do the halal. And you are aware this is haram, then stay away from the haram. Do that instantly and do not be from those who reject that truth and reject that guidance. Because this is the end result that Allah mentioned about those disbelievers who did that. That Allah blocked their understanding and they were no longer able to see the truth anymore. So this is a warning to those individuals who may say, we're only young. When we get older, when we get to our 50s or 60s, then we'll start praying and go to the masjid. But now we're young, we need to use our time in playing and going here and going there. Then Allah Ta'ala A'lam, Allah knows best what your state will be when you are 50 or 60 if you are alive, whether you will practice then or not. So don't waste this opportunity. And this is what is mentioned here now, that a person who rejects and refuses to accept the truth, then who knows, maybe later, he may not be able to accept the truth. He might come to a time where he's no longer able to see the truth anymore. <coughs> So when you are able to see the truth and you can witness what that truth is, then take it and accept it in that first instance so that you do not waste that opportunity. وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ Allah says concerning these kuffar that for them is a severe punishment. A severe punishment that only Allah knows how severe that punishment is. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned about this category of people, the disbelievers, the kuffar, that Allah punishes them in this world and punish them in the hereafter. Punishment in this world because some of them, it's as if they're blocked. They're hearing, they're seeing everything is blocked and they're not able to accept the truth any longer. That's a punishment to them in this world. And similarly in the hereafter, they are punished with the severe punishment of the fire. That is the disbelievers, the kuffar. With regards to the kuffar, how do we behave towards them then? How do we behave towards the disbelievers? The scholars have said, you view the disbelievers in two ways. You have two ways of looking at the disbelievers. One of the ways to look towards the disbelievers is to see that these people, even though they are upon disbelief at this moment in time, if you give them da'wah, who knows, maybe tomorrow, maybe next month, maybe in a year, this disbeliever might be a Muslim. So you have this optimism and this angle of trying to give them da'wah. 
Because you never know, some of them might become Muslim. So from one angle, you are trying to give them da'wah and you want this da'wah to be uh, given to them and for that da'wah to reach them. But from the other perspective, as long as they are kuffar, you still hate the kufr they are upon. You hate this kufr they are upon, you hate these individuals for this kufr and this shirk that they are upon. You hate all of that. You don't love the kuffar and have them as your friends and companions. You hate the kufr and the shirk and the disbelief they are upon. But that doesn't mean that you oppress them or transgress against them or do acts that are impermissible in Islam. That doesn't mean you do any of that. You still have this other perspective which is that even though they're upon this kufr now, who knows, give them da'wah maybe in a year, this one might be a Muslim. That one might be a Muslim. All of these might become Muslim. You never know. So many people we used to hear about, students who used to study at the university, they used to be reverts and all of their families were disbelievers. Then as time went by, another brother of theirs becomes a Muslim, one of their sisters becomes Muslim, their mom becomes Muslim, their whole family after a few years is Muslim. And that's through giving them the da'wah. Not just to say, well, they're kuffar and that's it. Hate the kuffar and do whatever you want. That's not the way. Yes, they are upon disbelief and you hate that disbelief and kuffar and shirk. And you don't have them as beloved ones. But at the same time, you attempt to give the da'wah to whom you are able to. And it is not permissible to transgress or oppress or go against the disbelievers or Muslims or anybody in Islam that is haram. That's why some of these Muslims, some of these individuals, they get too emotional sometimes. They get too emotional. Our religion isn't about emotions. It's about worshipping Allah, how Allah told us to worship Him. Not to get emotional about things. We know that there are lots of things happening across the world. We know that Muslims are being oppressed in some countries where the kuffar, the disbelievers are attacking the Muslims and they're doing things like that. We know that happens. That's happening in different places. And we make dua for our brothers, our sisters, Muslim brothers and sisters. That Allah helps them and aids them and gives them victory. We do all of that. And we hate that they are being oppressed. But that doesn't mean that just because this oppression is going on, that we are allowed to do what they're doing. That we're going to drop to that level as well. It's not allowed. That's why it's wrong when people say, well, the kuffar are attacking the Muslim countries, so we should go and attack the kuffar countries. We should go and blow up a bus. And we should go and blow up an aeroplane. They say that's revenge. But tell them our religion isn't about revenge. Allah didn't create us to take revenge on people. That's not what we've been told to do Islamically. Yes, we know these things are going on which are wrong in Muslim countries, but that doesn't mean you can go blow up a bus and maybe there was a baby on the bus who's two months old. What did the baby do? Why are you taking revenge on the two-month-old baby? Maybe there was a Muslim. Like when they did the, those bombings that happened, the bombings which happened in various places across the world, in Indonesia, in Africa, in various places, bombings in the UK, in London, in America, all these bombings that happened, was there not Muslims who were killed by those bombings too? So how are you taking revenge for your Muslim brothers and sisters, if you're killing Muslims to take revenge? They say, well that doesn't matter, we weren't aiming for the Muslims, we were aiming for the kuffar. Well they can go and take that excuse on the day of judgment in front of Allah. They can say, we weren't trying to kill the Muslims, and we'll see what happens. That isn't from Islam. To make this type of excuse, yeah, we were going for them. So if we killed some Muslims by accident, well, inshallah, that's okay. Our Islam didn't tell us to do that. This isn't the religion. You don't just go and kill innocent people and do bombings and whatever else. It's haram. Haram to do these types of things. But people who have emotions, they don't look at the Quran, they don't look at these ayats, they don't look at what Allah is telling us, they don't look at the, the sunnah, then they get emotional. The disbelievers are attacking us, we have to attack them. How can we attack them? 
Like for example, Anwar al-Awlaqi, who's passed away now. A reporter did an interview with him. And the reporter said to him, what's your opinion about this? He said, it's good. We should go and blow up their buses and their airplanes and these things. So the reporter said to him, yeah, but when you go and blow up one of their airplanes or one of their buses in America or wherever, maybe the people sat on the bus, they, didn't, they got nothing to do with any of this. Maybe there's a small kid there, two months old or something. What's he got to do with any of this? Maybe there's some old woman in the 90s on the bus. What's she got to do with any of this? You're going to be killing people who've got nothing to do with any of this. So what did he say? He said, well, if we could kill the soldiers of America, that would be good. <coughs> but we can't. So we'll just have to make do with uh, blowing up some buses and airplanes instead. This is what he said. It's recorded from his own words. And that's not right. That's not right to have this type of opinion. We want to help our brothers and sisters across the world, but the one way to do that is for you to seek knowledge of this religion, to start practicing yourself as well. There's no point in somebody saying, look at what the kuffar are doing to the Muslims, and they're attacking us, so we have to go and attack the kuffar. And when you ask that person, do you even pray five times a day? He doesn't even do that. So what's the point of him screaming and shouting, we want to take revenge, and we want to uh, attack the kuffar, and we want to do this, we want to do that, and he himself doesn't even pray five times a day. So a person needs to look at his own self. Look at the way that the Qur'an and the Sunnah has told us to behave as Muslims. Not in this fanatical way. Buses and bombs and suicide bombings and all these things. It's haram. All of this extremism is not from Islam. Extremism, the Prophet ﷺ didn't teach us that. We were not taught to be extremists. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, don't you think these things were happening then? The kuffar, they used to oppress the Muslims so much. They used to oppress them harmed the Muslims so much that Allah finally gave the Prophet ﷺ, Allah gave them permission to leave. In the end, after some time, they were given permission, leave, go from Mecca, go somewhere else. Because of how much harm the kuffar were doing to them. How much oppression they were doing to them. How much they were hurting the Muslims. So Allah said to the Muslims, go, go leave Mecca, go to Medina instead. All of this type of oppression was happening then as well. It was happening then. It's not like it's only new now it's happening. But did the Prophet ﷺ used to behave how some of the Muslims behave now? Did he used to say, just go to one of the mushrikeen, uh, one of their restaurants or something, go in there and just start killing everyone in there. Start throwing arrows at everyone in there. It wasn't like that. So we have to behave with evidences, with knowledge, with wisdom. If you want to spread the religion of Islam, it's going to be with wisdom. And teaching the kuffar and those people that this is a religion to be practiced. Otherwise, if you behave just like this, chaotically and fanatically everywhere, who's going to accept Islam? This isn't the way of Islam, so a person needs to be aware of that. And not to follow just his emotions, but to follow the evidences in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So here now it says, the third category of people. We're now on to the third category of people. And they are the people who inwardly in their hearts, they didn't believe. They didn't believe in Islam. But outwardly they pretended to be Muslims. And there used to be some of them at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. There used to be some people at the time of the Prophet ﷺ who <coughs> privately in their hearts, they never accepted Islam. They never used to believe in Islam or accept it. But outwardly with the Muslims, they used to pretend to be Muslims. So they used to pray. They even used to go out on jihad with the Muslims. They used to do everything to pretend to be Muslims. They are the munafiqun, the hypocrites. They used to exist at that time. Or even to this day maybe. But at that time particularly here what we're speaking about, the Quraysh, 
They were some of them amongst them. Some of them they were munafiqun. Allah mentioned in the Quran that the munafiqin, those hypocrites, they have a severe punishment. Inna munafiqina fi darkil asfali min al-nar. Allah said that those munafiqin, those hypocrites, are going to be in the lowest depths of the fire, in the lowest pits of the fire, in the deepest parts of the fire. So these are those individuals who used to pretend to be Muslims outwardly, but secretly they were not upon Islam. And the reason for that, because they were afraid of the Muslims. They were afraid that the Muslims may harm them or may do something or take their property or whatever it was. They, was, they were afraid. So they pretended to be Muslims. They pretended they were with them. Uh, and the Muslims didn't know. Because they were pretending the Muslims didn't know. They didn't know that these particular people are not actually Muslims and they're only pretending to be Muslims. Because apparently they were praying, they were doing jihad, they were doing other things. So they were not aware of which ones they were. And in reality, those munafiqun, those hypocrites, they were trying their best to destroy Islam. And that's why we mentioned the story before of Abu Amir al-Fasiq. There was that one individual who gathered all of the munafiqeen to make a plan. These hypocrites, the ones who were pretending to be Muslims and they weren't really, they made a plan at that time of the Prophet ﷺ. They decided to build a mosque. So they built a masjid, Masjid al-Dirad. They built a masjid. And they weren't even Muslims, they were just pretending, but they built a masjid. The reason why they built it was, not because really they wanted to pray or anything, they built the masjid because they wanted a place where they could have their meetings to make their plans how to destroy Islam. So they decided we'll build a masjid. So when we sit in the masjid and we gather there and have circles, people won't get suspicious. They'll just think they're having a lesson talking about the Quran or Sunnah. They won't get suspicious. <coughs> but secretly we'll be making our plans when we get together there. So they built a masjid. And they decided what we'll do, this was their plan. They said we'll get the Prophet ﷺ to come and pray in our masjid. We'll get him to come and pray, uh, one prayer or whatever in our masjid. So when everybody sees that the Prophet ﷺ has prayed in this masjid, nobody will ever get suspicious. They'll say, look, the Prophet ﷺ went and prayed there even. So they asked the Prophet ﷺ, and he agreed. He said, okay, I'll come. At that time, he was out in a battle. He said, when we get back, I'll come and pray. But on the way back when they were returning, the revelation came down from Allah. Jibreel ﷺ came down with the revelation from Allah to tell the Prophet ﷺ, that this masjid, it's been built by those munafiqun, those hypocrites, the ones who are pretending to be Muslims. They've only built it to try to destroy Islam really. So then the Prophet ﷺ, he, when he found out that, he sent some of the companions, and they went and they destroyed that mosque. Because it wasn't really a mosque. It was just built by those hypocrites pretending to be a mosque, pretending to be Muslims, and really they were using it to try to plan against Islam. This is the hypocrites and this is who they are. And that's why Allah said, that the munafiqeen are in the lowest, deep part of the hellfire. And you will not find any helpers for them. Nobody will be able to help them. Then we can say that the munafiqun are in many ways worse than the kuffar themselves, the open ones, the second category. Why? Why are they worse? Because the kuffar, the second category, at least they openly tell you that they are disbelievers. They openly tell you that they're not practicing Islam, they don't believe in Islam, 
they let you know openly that they are disbelievers. So at least you know where you stand with them. But these ones, secretly they weren't Muslims, but openly they were pretending, so they were deceiving. So they are more disgusting than the actual kuffar, the open ones. They were even worse kuffar than the open kuffar. Because of their pretense and their deception. Um, then after that what we can mention as well is that this hypocrisy, these were hypocrites. Hypocrisy is two types. There are two types of hypocrisy. One is the hypocrisy in your heart, the hypocrisy of your iman. And that is, النفاق الاعتقادي إظهار الإيمان وإبطان الكفر That is to pretend to be upon iman, like those hypocrites were doing, and secretly be upon kufr. Secretly not be accepting it really in your heart, but just pretend to do it. That's النفاق الاعتقادي There's another type, which is النفاق العملي and this second type of hypocrisy, even some Muslims might end up doing it. That's why it's so important to know what this is now. Because even some Muslims might end up doing this. This and nifaq al-amali are certain types of characteristics, certain types of actions that a person might do which are considered actions of hypocrisy. It doesn't make you an outright hypocrite. doesn't mean you're a kafir now if you do them. But it means you're doing things that hypocrites do. You're doing certain types of actions that are supposed to be actions of the hypocrites. And that's why you need to be warned against doing those types of things. There is a hadith that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that. He said, Ayatul Munafiqi Thalath. That the sign of a hypocrite is three. There are three things that are from the signs of a hypocrite. If a person speaks, he lies. So lying is from the signs of hypocrisy. That is one of the signs and the traits of hypocrisy. If he speaks, he lies. Also, When a person makes a promise, he breaks his promises. That's one of the signs of hypocrisy. A person makes a promise and he breaks his promises. وَإِذَا تُمِنَ خَانٌ And if you trust somebody to do something, you give him something to look after, then he breaks your trust. He does something wrong with that item that you gave him to look after. He wastes the money you gave him to look after. He betrays your trust. He doesn't give you the faithfulness and the trust that you expected from him. All of these types of characteristics and behaviors, they are characteristics of the hypocrites. So an individual who does those, it means that your iman is going to be decreasing. It's a deficiency in the iman of a person who commits those types of characteristics, those types of actions that are actions of hypocrisy. Uh, and then, Allah mentions, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ And there are some people who say that we believe in Allah on the Day of Judgment and they are not really believers. Meaning in their hearts they used to say, we are believers. Or rather in their hearts, they weren't believers. But openly they used to say that we are believers. So the one who doesn't believe in his heart, 
but only pretends to believe openly, prays and everything, but he doesn't really care, he doesn't believe in Islam, he doesn't believe in Tawheed, he doesn't believe in Allah, then even if he prays, he's not a Muslim. Then the question is, when, when did this hypocrisy first come about? When did this hypocrisy start? When was the first time this hypocrisy started? يقول العلماء إن النفاق العقدي لم يقع في مكة لأن المسلمين كانوا مستضعفين في مكة فلم يسلم في مكة إلا صادق الإيمان. The scholars they say that this hypocrisy, and we're talking about the first type, the real hypocrisy, where a person he doesn't believe in it in his heart, he has no iman in his heart, doesn't accept it, but pretends openly to be that. In مكة did that happen or not? When the Muslims were still in Mecca, were the hypocrites then? Why not? You're right, there was no hypocrites then. The scholars, they say there was no hypocrisy at the time when the Muslims were in Mecca. Why not? They? Exactly. The kuffar didn't need to hide from anyone. Who was in power in Mecca? At that time, at the beginning. The kuffar. The Muslims are only few, they were weak. There were only a few at that time. It was the kuffar who had the strength and the numbers at that time. They were the ones in control. So they didn't need to pretend to be Muslims. They weren't afraid of the Muslims at that time. They were in control, so there was no need for them to pretend to be Muslims. So hypocrisy didn't start in those days. Many of the scholars, they say, it didn't start at the time when the Muslims were in Mecca. وَكَذَلِكَ فِي أَوَّلِ الْهِجْرَةِ مَا حَصَلَ نِفَاقٍ لَكِنْ لَمَّا جَاءَتْ وَاقِعَةُ بَدْرٍ فِي السَّنَةِ الثَّانِيَةِ مِنَ الْهِجْرَةِ وَانْتَصَرَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ فِيهَا وَقَوِيَتْ شَوْكَتُهُمْ رَأَى الْكُفَّارُ الَّذِينَ يَعِيشُونَ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ أَنَّ اسْتِمْرَارَهُمْ عَلَى كُفْرِهِمْ يُعَرِّضُهُمْ لِلْخَطَرِ Even after the emigration, after the Muslims left Mecca and they went to Medina, at the beginning there wasn't any nifaq. At the beginning there wasn't. But after a couple of years when the battle of Badr happened and the Muslims defeated the kuffar. They beat the kuffar. Then the kuffar in Medina, they realized the strength of the Muslims. That the Muslims, even though they were only a few in number compared to the big number of the kuffar, and they defeated them, they crushed them still. Then the kuffar, they realized that these Muslims are strong and how much ability they have, how much power they have. They realized their strength. So then they started to get worried. Then they started to get worried. A year, two years after the Hijrah, when Badr happened and the Muslims were victorious, then the other kuffar started to get worried, and that's when they started to begin to commit this uh, nifaq, worrying for themselves, thinking, well, if we carry on upon disbelief, then what are the Muslims going to do to us? They were scared, they were worried. After seeing the strength of the Muslims, so they began to pretend to be upon Islam with this deception. And that's why Allah said, يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا That they deceive, they think they are deceiving Allah. And they think they are deceiving the believers. إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَهُوَ خَادِعُهُمْ In another ayah Allah says, these munafiqeen, these hypocrites, they think they are deceiving Allah. They think they are deceiving Allah, they are praying, they are doing jihad, they are going and doing hajj, whatever it is, they are doing all of these things. Pretending to be Muslims, they think they're deceiving Allah. And they think they're deceiving the Prophet and the Muslims. They think they've deceived everyone. Everyone thinks we're Muslim too. Allah says in the Quran, Allahu huwa khadi'uhum. Uh, wa huwa khadi'uhum. Allah is the one who truly 
has taken care of them. He is the one who has taken care of that deception. They think they have deceived Allah, but Allah is deceiving them. Meaning, not that Allah is deceiving them in any way, Allah doesn't deceive in that way, but meaning Allah has taken care of their deception. They think they're deceiving Allah, but in reality, Allah has made it so, Allah has made the decree in the way that they are actually deceiving themselves. They think they're doing something clever, but in reality, they're only deceiving themselves, because in the hereafter, they're going to end up in the deepest parts of the hellfire. So who's deceiving who? They're deceiving themselves, thinking we're being clever, pretending to be Muslims. And Allah is aware of their hearts. And in the hereafter, they're going to get the severe punishment. That's why Allah says, وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ They are not deceiving anyone other than themselves. وَمَا يَشْعُرُونَ But they don't realize. They don't realize. They're deceiving themselves only. And yet they do not realize. فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضَ In their hearts is an illness. They have this disease, this illness of hypocrisy in their hearts. They have these doubts in their hearts. They have this hypocrisy, this lack of believing and accepting. So what's their punishment? When they have this disease in their hearts and they refuse to accept the knowledge and the accepting the guidance and the tawheed, فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا So then Allah increased them in their illness even more. Allah increased their illness, their disease, this rejection of theirs, this disbelief of theirs, and they continued upon that, just like we mentioned about the others, how Allah blocked their understanding. There's another ayah in which it says, وَإِذَا مَا أُنزِلَتْ سُورَةٌ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ أَيُّكُمْ زَادَتُ هَذِهِ إِيمَانًا That when of the ayat of Allah, when it's revealed, when the ayat of Allah are revealed, then it is said, who from you, whose iman has gone up? فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَزَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَهُمْ يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ For those who believe when they hear the ayat of Allah, their iman increases. And they take glad tidings from that. وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادَتْهُمْ رِجْسًا إِلَىٰ رِجْسِهِمْ As for those who disbelieve, then it doesn't increase them in iman, it increases them in their disgusting state and in their impurity, in their kufr that they're upon. So those individuals, they don't accept that and that's why Allah said, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ For them is a severe, painful punishment. These individuals who are upon that hypocrisy. And that's why we understand that those other types of hypocrisy, lying and cheating and these things, the things that we mentioned, those characteristics you have to make sure you stay away from them. A person who lies and cheats and uses his tongue to abuse and swear. And these are evil types of behaviors. And a person could be presenting himself to get punished. Why are doing those types of acts? Then Allah also says, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضَ If it is said to those people, do not cause this corruption on the earth. Do not cause this corruption upon this earth. What do they say? قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْلِحُونَ They say, we are the righteous ones. We're, we're doing goodness on the earth. And yet they are the ones who are upon this corruption, upon this nifaq. أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ الْمُفْسِدُونَ Allah says, rather they are the ones who are the corrupt ones. They are the ones causing the corruption. وَلَكِنْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ But again, those individuals, they don't recognize this, they don't realize this. They don't realize that they are upon this uh, deception. Also Allah says, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ آمِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ النَّاسِ If it is said to them, believe, have iman, just like the believers have iman. They say, قَالُوا أَنُؤْمِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ سُفَهَا They say, shall we have iman, shall we believe, just like those foolish ones believe? 
Shall we have iman and belief just like those foolish ones did? And the reality is even though they were claiming that the companions are foolish, they themselves, Allah innahum sufaha. Allah says it's them themselves who are the foolish ones. They are thinking that the companions are foolish for practicing Islam. It is them themselves who are upon this foolishness because they themselves are going to be presenting themselves to this punishment. But once again Allah says, لَكِنْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Then they don't know. They don't know that they're upon this nonsense because of their ignorance and this illness they have in their hearts of rejecting the truth. So from this, we understand various lessons. Up to this section, we've now spoken, and there's more ayats that talk about these individuals, but up to this section, we've now understood, we've now understood some of the characteristics that those individuals were upon in rejecting the truth and not accepting it. So we should take a lesson from that, which is that when Islam comes to you, when this religion of Allah comes to you, and this is why Allah created you and placed you upon this earth, and all of the blessings that Allah gave to you, If you enumerate the blessings of Allah, you will not be able to count them. All of these things that Allah gave to the slaves, legs to walk with, arms to do your things with, tongues to speak with, heads, eyes, ears, all of these are blessings from Allah. An individual uses them to disobey Allah, then he's not showing his gratitude to Allah. So an individual, when the truth comes to him, and he knows that this religion is the truth, and this is what he needs to be doing, and this is what he needs to be practicing, and this is how he needs to be praying five times a day, and he needs to leave all of the sins that he's doing, then he needs to be practicing that instantly. Death could come to that individual anytime. Maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after, and he doesn't know. So there's no point thinking later we'll start practicing and we know Islam is good and that's what you should do, but later we'll do it. That is not something. That is from the whisperings of the shaitan. And these individuals, look what Allah said about them. When they refused to accept, afterwards they were blocked and they were not able to accept. So that is not something a person should dither with or take time with. When the truth it comes, when the revelation it comes, when the ayat, the ahadith, the sunnah, it makes itself clear to a person, the evidences are there, the proofs are there, then you accept them and you implement them. That is why Allah said in the Qur'an, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ Whatever the Prophet ﷺ tells you, that which he gives you, then do it. وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوهُ And that which the Prophet ﷺ prohibits you from, he commands you not to do it, then stay away from it. Because on the Day of Judgment, all of those actions are going to be weighed up. Everything is written down. Allah said in the Quran, وَإِنَّ عَلَيْكُمْ لَحَافِظِينَ كِرَامًا كَاتِبِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ مَا تَفْعَلُونَ That we have noble guardians with you, angels. And they know everything you do. They write down everything you do and say. All of it is recorded. And on the Day of Judgment, the people will be given their books. And in those books it will say what you did. The good things and the bad things. Every time you swear, it's written down by the angels in the book. And on the Day of Judgment, you'll be shown that book. Every time you do something bad, every time you cheat someone, you deceive someone, all of it is written down. And every time you do something good, it's written down. On the Day of Judgment, that's going to be balanced up. So every individual needs to take this opportunity to be practicing this religion. And to do that, you need to learn about it. Learn about what Islam is and how to worship Allah and what the different things are that you're supposed to do so that you can then do them. And that comes through seeking this knowledge, attending lessons, going to places where lectures are going on like this, to 
to study and to learn about the religion in order to be able to then practice that. So we ask Allah to make that easy upon us. And we'll conclude upon that point. وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى نَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ